Hello and welcome to the VanCast. I'm your host, Graham Mills, and today I'm with Lyndon. But today we're going to be talking about alcohol. How are you doing, Lyndon, and what are you up to? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, what am I up to? Well, today I'm just here recording this podcast right now, but in life, you know, working, having a good time, ready for summer. You know, Lyndon is one of my new best friends. We've been hanging out quite a bit. We have very similar views on a lot of things, and he has a lot of knowledge about random stuff. And today, we are talking about alcohol. So, we're going to start off with beer and the production of beer. So, let's start off from the very beginning, Lyndon. Okay, well, beer really at its base is just, um, you know, grain that has been fermented. And uh, for all of you who are unfamiliar with fermentation, we'll start there. So you take a yeast, which um, what it does is it breaks down sugars and produces carbon dioxide and alcohol. And so in an enclosed scenario, that builds up, and that's why you get like a you know bubbly beverage. But if that you know off gases, it's not so much. Um, so you get. The yeast fermenting the sugars to create the alcohol, and the yeast will eventually die once it reaches a certain alcohol concentration that's toxic to that yeast in this um, liquid medium. And that varies from strain to strain with the yeast, and those will also be producing some other byproducts in lesser amounts, which will impact the flavors and whatnot. Okay. So, anyway, we've fermented our grain, and now we are going to... Um, potentially barrel age it that's not really it's coming back into popularity but it wasn't what what is barrel aging uh, barrel aging is when you take the finished product like it's finished the fermentation and you'll age it in a barrel and it takes on flavors from that wood and it can mellow it out and other you know impacted in other fact other ways um but the more common style of beer that you're going to get is, it, you know, it hasn't been barrel aged. Um, and it hasn't, unless it's craft beer, it hasn't really even been bottle aged. Not, you know, which is just letting it kind of chill out and mellow a little bit, especially for sours. Uh, those can be a little speedy off the production line. But uh, yeah, so that's the basic process for beer. It's a lot simpler and still more complicated than some of the other methods of production. And then compared to, like, <clears throat> wine or something, right? Yeah, so if we go over to wine, um, there's a, f a few differences between the production of red and white wine, and there's dessert wines, obviously. So we'll take it right to the beginning. You know, you've got to pick the variety of grape you're planting. And in order to do that, you need to know what terrain you're working with and the environment in that area. So what's the soil like? What's the slope like? What's the exposure? Which means Like the, even pH of the soil. Yeah, which is part of that soil yeah. um, test that you're going to be doing. And then also the exposure, like, you know, where where is the sun coming at at different times of day? What's the wind like? Temperature changes because of elevation? All these things are going to be impacting the grape. So you have to take all that into account before even selecting the type of grape you're going to be planting. And then you plant that. And, um, you know, some some wines are going to be a blended wine. Some are going to be a straight varietal wine. Some of these are going to be intended to be drank pretty much, you know, within a few years of the bottling date. Some are going to be intended to age. So that's going to 
you know, make a difference on what you're selecting for. Also with these dessert wines that are more sweet, you're waiting later into the year so that... Um, like a rosé or... No, no, rosé is not sweet. Actually, oh, okay. it's quite a dry wine. It's you know, if you haven't had rosé, that's what you assume because it, yeah. it's pink and you think pink sweet, but exactly. it's actually typically exactly. a drier style. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's just the color. Yeah. Um, and what that is is they've let it sit on the skins a little bit. It's a red grape. Um, so what does that mean? Sit on the skins. So white wines, even some white wines, you know, the grape color is red on the skins, but you don't let the when you press the juice out. You, for a red wine, you'll let the, the juice sit in those skins after you press it so that it takes on that color and the, the tannin. Color of the skin. Yeah. Okay. So you've just like let it sit a little bit with rosé. That is very interesting. Um, you collect alcohol too, and but you seem to be more infatuated with beer. What brought you to beer over wine? Um, beer is just... I, you can't drink as much wine as you can drink beer and in the evening when I get home I like to drink quite a few drinks and the beer is just the you know, most thirst clenching option that I can drink in any quantity and you can also just like it kind of relaxes the body you sit down you get that relaxation feeling but it's not like marijuana where you you don't really lose your 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 thought processing as much like your reactions and stuff but you can still hold a conversation very well but if you come home and smoke way too much weed like if as much weed as you're drinking alcohol it has more of a chilling slowing down effect that's why when i i go out to the club i like alcohol because it kind of picks you up and makes you more confident yeah potentially for sure um, what sort of things do you, effects do you get from alcohol compared to marijuana or wine? Well, it always depends on like how much you've been consuming recently, right? Because your tolerances are going to make a difference on that and what you're used to. Um, especially if you're combining the two, that makes a big difference as well. Um, as for the difference that I find, uh, yeah, I can definitely go about my day a little better, probably with like just drinking than smoking and drinking or whatever well uh what do you find a difference between beer and wine in the type oh, beer of, and wine the type of uh well it depends drunk? how much you're drinking and how quick you're drinking it right yeah that's the thing with the beer is it kind of forces you to spread out that drinking whereas with wine and hard liquor you can easily drink it a lot quicker and and hard liquor wine. is normally less calories too so you can just and you don't have to pee as much and it's easy right yeah and you can eat more easily over drink do you age hard liquor as well yeah, so hard liquor is going to be a bit different. Let's actually just take a step back and finish off that yeah, wine conversation sorry, before sorry, we yeah. jump over there. Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, with the wine, white wines typically um, are not going to be barrel aged, the average one you find in the store. But some white wines are going to be, you know, barrel aged for a little bit of time. But usually it's not in excess of like two years, right? And then uh, red wine are pretty much all barrel aged, except for the really cheap ones. And... Um, then even after wine is bottled, it continues aging and such in the bottle, especially these high-end red wines. Is there a difference between aging red and white wines? Um, yes and like no. Like refrigeration or do you need to refrigerate them? Well, or? it's going to be maybe a slightly different wood or it might like uh, some Chardonnays you toast the barrel. I don't think you'd do that with a red wine barrel. 
But you don't need to age age anything in a refrigerator. You can just let it sit out. Uh, no, well, no, it's typically in like a cool environment that's like around 16, 17 degrees Celsius. So it's like usually in a cave, like not a cave, but a cellar type Yeah, scenario, some sort right? of wine fridge or something or cellar. Well, traditionally the wineries, especially in the old world wineries, would actually have like kind of like a cave system blasted out into the hillside type scenario. Or dug into the hillside. How do they keep a temperature for that? Is it just well, like that a... just naturally maintains because of the stone, right? Oh wow! Yeah, so that's very cool. Yes, yeah. So that's why actually room temperature when wines are recommended to serve at room temperature. That's more of a old school estate room temperature, which would be more around eighteen degrees Celsius than like the you know twenty one or something you'd expect now. So on to hard liquor. Um, the production of hard liquor and what you like to do with your hard liquor. Yeah, okay, so hard liquor production um, is kind of a different animal. It kind of starts off similar to a beer where you've fermented something, but it doesn't even have to be a grain. It could be just anything with sugar in it. You ferment that, and then you take that product and you run it through a still, which is pretty much boiling in, in this enclosed container scenario, um, but it what happens is as it boils, the alcohol vapor rises and it'll condense in this designed choke point and then drip down and, and uh, collect again. And it removes a lot of the impurities that get left behind, but not all of them. So that's why uh, your average vodka or such is going to be like nine times distilled, right? But like some whiskeys and, and stuff like that, that's going to be like three times distilled. So it still has some of the flavors from what it was originally crafted from, unlike a vodka, which where the point is to eliminate all that flavor. Does it have an effect on the quality, the amount of times you distill it? Well, that's the thing. It's just removing flavor, which it, well, it's removing impurities and impurities is also flavor molecules, right? So because it's kind of like um, rice wine or maybe it's not like rice wine, but with rice wine, you they press it, right? And the, the more times you press it and the water gets more clear, the better quality um, the rice wine. No, I don't think it's a press with rice wine. Rice wine's actually more, um, what they do is you take a rice granule. Okay. And they will remove a portion of the outside. So I think some of the highest end rice wines will be like a, I think only 30% of the interiors left or something like that. I'm not an, a 100% expert on the rice wine but you you the higher the quality of the rice wine the more of the husk has been removed and it makes like a r more refined product because it's, just and it's that more inner... it's more clear too right? yeah yeah well i mean you, you'll also wash it and stuff right like yeah that's the washing process that's but there are some uh, rice wines people like that are very cloudy it depends on the style you're looking and, for and but the high-end stuff different. is usually more of a purified you and know, it should be um it should be served cold normally like high, the higher end. Yeah, the lower end stuff can be served hot, yeah. but the higher end should be served cold. Out of all the different alcohols that you've consumed, what are your favorite brands starting from beer and ending with wine? Oh, that's a really tough question. It, it is very tough, but that's what we're here um, for. We're here for the tough questions. Well, I really like Category 12 for beer out of um, Category Victoria. 12? Give me as much stats that you know on it. Okay, so they're like the guy who runs that company has a PhD in biochemistry. So he definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah, so he obviously also knows his beer 
and all, everything associated with that. But I think it just lends an extra angle, like where if as a brewer he's trying to accomplish a certain result with his beer, I think he has a whole extra toolbox that he can use to get there compared to like a, a brewer who is a really great brewer, but he wants to do this thing to his beer and he doesn't understand know the all science that. behind yeah, it. Right. So understanding the science is incredibly important if you want to become the best. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, re- so I really like category 12. Um, also for Vancouver, uh, you know, Strathcona, they're doing really great stuff now. If, if I'm Strathcona not going to beer company. Yeah. I actually went there yesterday with my family and okay. I had beer and pizza. I really liked cool. the layout. The pizza was really good. Yeah. And I love the selection of beer. So big two thumbs up to Strathcona yeah. beer. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, what it was Strathcona that a few years ago they teamed up with this other brewery, which I want to say it's something with Flux in the name, Super Flux or something, but I, I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, if if I'm correct, and it is Strathcona that teamed up with this other brewery, what their deal was, because apparently they were really bad back in the day, and there's this other really good brewery, and they said, we'll teach you how to brew beer, but you are going to let us use half your space for free type thing. So, And a, and their beer is really great now. So Worked out. Both companies benefited. Yeah, It's all about um, co-branding these days. Yeah, so those are two of my, uh, you know, favorite ones. But I, I drink a lot of different new beer, and I like trying new things. And then for um, wine, what's your uh, favorite wine? wine? Red or white first? Well, I, I'm more of a white wine guy. And like, why is that? Uh, my stomach just doesn't love red wine, especially combining it with other things I'm drinking. Do you get the Asian glow or the no? Red, I just end up glow? like feeling really sick later in, later in the night if I drink a large quantity of red with anything else. So. And it's just not my f- favorite. Like, I'll have it with some steak or whatever, but it's not my go-to. Um, it's for everyday drinking. And for white wine, um, you know, I've, I've actually liked, like, Chardonnays recently, but there's a big spectrum of Chardonnay, so, you know. <laughs> and then your your uh, hard alcohol. For hard alcohol. Well, I like whiskey a lot, and specifically, like, bourbons. Bourbons are nice. I actually have in my flask today some uh, Michter's American bourbon, which is a really great American company. Tell me about your flask. It's pretty neat. <laughs> neat looking. Oh, yeah. So this flask actually just came this week. Here, one sec. Let me take a little sip here. <laughs> a nice bubble into it. It sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can have some of that if you'd like. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, I found this. You don't have a flask of Coke, do you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, you wish. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was looking uh, about a year or so ago, maybe six months or a year ago, for a uh, glass flask online, because I've uh, used metal flasks, and they always kind of, you know, leave a taste on the... And it's really hard to find a glass alcohol. flask. And it, Everything yeah. tastes better in glass when it comes to drinks and, and especially with the type of liquor i buy where it's like high-end bottles hundred dollar bottles i don't want to put that in a flask that's going to change the taste 100 percent. um so i was looking online everywhere and i found this kickstarter company for uh called reg proper reg um, proper yeah and they had this kickstarter to make these glass flasks 
And, you know, I'm not usually very keen on Kickstarters because they're usually, you know, you're never going to end up getting the product type of scenario. But this one seemed very accomplishable and they had like a nice design. Good reputation. Well, it wasn't even the reputation. It just, the design was nice and it didn't seem like it was something that was unachievable. It was like you're making a fucking glass, Glass. a piece of glass and putting some leather on it with a lid, right? It's it's not like some piece of technology you have to invent or something. It's not rocket science. Um, yeah, so I, you know, made my contribution or whatever, and I ordered two flasks. One was like a large flask that fits like 240 milliliters, and there's a smaller one that fits 100, which I brought today. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really great company, and, uh, I ordered it, and it took about six months or so for the Kickstarter. Six months? Well, it's because they were still in production, like they hadn't finished their production run, so they're actually finished now, um, and they shipped all their That could be a little worrisome. To everyone. Were you just like thinking, uh, is it coming? Is it going to come? Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that, but they'd send me updates every few months. That's and good. I'd check, Customer service is huge. Yeah, and I'd check on the website and all that. So, I, you know, and they were saying, oh, yeah, we're, you know, finishing up production. We've just run into one or two problems with, I think it was like a lid or something that needed to get redesigned or, or there was a batch that was, you know, not up to their standard or something. I can't remember. And Canada, I think, kind of was shipped to after their American clients, but, uh, Anyway. Well, the only downside really is it's fragile, right? Apparently, it's actually really durable. They had a video of it kind of falling down some stairs. Yeah, it's some really thick glass. Like, here, I'll show you. You guys can't see at home, but uh, this fits 50 milliliters, and this is 100, so. Yeah, I'll I'll try to explain what he's showing here. So, the 50 mils is like that classic thing you get at the uh at like the motel or the hotel little thing is shot yeah, it's just like shot a plastic alcohol. alcohol container right and then little this shot in the palm of my hand it fits it fits from the bottom of my hand to the top of my hand it takes up my entire hand excluding my fingers so it's pretty pretty wide it's about twice the tall. size for the volume it holds yeah it's yeah and you also have different lids as well, right? Yeah, there's a plastic lid, so it can not set off things. But I think that's aluminum, so I don't think it would even Does set it get off affected scanner, by but... the cold or the heat at all? How so? Like uh, like the glass. Oh, like its durability? Yeah, like not if you well, were, everything in if you were to go cold, in like a, a sauna durable, or cold, but... it, might, it might crack, right? Well, not just on its own, but like any glass in super cold temperatures is going to be a little bit more brittle. But, but you, would, you would definitely bring this hiking. Or... Oh, yeah, I'll bring Easily. that anywhere. I don't give a fuck. The only the only thing that they gotta add is they gotta add in the on the case it's gotta be a floaty case. So when you're in your kayak and you <laughs> spill it over the side, it's, it it bobbles. Maybe that's an extra option. Yeah, you should, uh, send that's them the that proposal. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just we'll just we'll just basically steal their concept, but add a floaty coat and then resell it. Yeah, you should that's definitely uh, just throw the link on there on the on the podcast because uh, yeah, so it's I'm sure the, all of you at home once you see that how it yeah, looks, so this is a single shot, 100 milliliters. Reg Propa. Yeah, I'll, I'll link it in the description for you guys if you want to check it out. And their symbol seems to be like a little pipe. It's just a little pipe. A little yeah, pipe. Real classy looking. Very classy looking, very sleek looking, very sexy looking. And it's nice because it has a little hole in the leather so you can see how much is in your flask. Yeah, so you see that, the level. That's a, You can't even do that on a metal flask. One yeah, step above, Exactly. Right? <laughs> so that's And the taste too. Everything's better than yeah. a metal flask. On point. On point. And it wasn't too expensive. No, it's 60 bucks or so. Cool. Yeah. Well, my man, um, with all these alcohols, you must have dreams to maybe make your own. 
Have you thought about that? Well, I do do a... I don't want to say I make it, but what I do actually is um, I have some oak staves. So what a stave is, is just like a little kind of length of oak about, you know, maybe twice the length of your index finger or your middle finger or your thumb or whatever. How wide? Just... Oh, yeah, about the, you know, your finger's width. And yeah. Maybe double the length, right? So... Um, I got that from a distillery in Kelowna that produces a whiskey where they put that in so it continues barrel aging in the bottle. And when I finished that bottle, I took that out and I uh, actually toasted it in my toaster to get a, you know, toasted oak. And then <laughs> I will put that in whiskeys that I'm not particularly in love with that I purchase. And it, you know, just kind of adds flavor. Yeah, it makes it a little sweeter in vanilla. How long does it take caramel. to... Uh, after about two months you're really noticing it and after six it's very heavy character so what's the perfect medium it depends what you're looking for are you a flavor guy yeah so i have a few like smaller bottles where if i take take a sip of it one day and i'm really enjoying it i'll maybe pour a bit off into this side bottle just to have that character before it changes more nice yeah so you, you can do that at home real easy yeah you know but um what, I, what I've been looking for in my hard liquor more recently has um, not been like big, crazy flavors, actually. Just kind of more subtle, refined stuff. So why subtle? Are you trying to develop your taste buds a little bit for the more fainter flavors? Um, I don't know. That's just what I'm looking for right now for whatever reason. And you work at a... You work at BCL, right? So you get a pretty good connection with new types of alcohol coming in. I know in. what's coming in. And the thing is, like, once you've worked at a liquor store that size for about a year and you've tried the amount of alcohol I have, like, you can n not know but be quite certain what something's generally going to taste like just based off of what it is and what it's labeled as before you even try it. Yeah, you know, so you've tried enough similar products, yeah. and think especially beer right now with craft beer. I know it's so overwhelming. You go in and there's so many beers, and you're like, oh fuck, what do I do? But I mean, beer is actually labeled quite well in terms of like what it is, and if you know what you're looking for on the labels, you can usually tell what the beer is going to taste like before you even try it within like a fairly decent window of certainty. One of my good friends, Tom, he's a uh... He's thinking of writing a song about purple can beers. <laughs> can beers. Purple can beers. <laughs> because they seem to, because he likes like the yellow dog purple can. I think it's like a hazy IPA or something. Yeah, yellow dog's very popular. You're wearing the hat right yeah, now. Yeah, I love speak. yellow That's dog. classy hat, classy hat. Thank you. I love yellow dog. Um, I respect them a lot. I love dogs, so I love beer. It's perfect. But yeah, he was, it's basically about purple cans have the best beer. Because it's <laughs> fine. You can kind of look at a can. It has all the labels and stuff. You can kind of look at the picture and you're like, oh, you know, I, I, I think I could like this. And I like it because it's almost like a different art piece on each can. Especially in BC with the craft beer market right now. It is very much about the art on the cans. Well, most people aren't as educated and they're not gonna like they'll they'll look at the can but they won't they'll kind of at first glance they'll be like oh that's cool well, and, and then they'll and then they'll come closer and they don't really know what they're looking for yeah they're, they're just like because like, oh, they, they cool. haven't had as much beer and they don't know exactly what the labels mean so the can is what they're buying a lot of the time it's that first impressions can. are huge yeah. especially in sales it's oh, got to catch sure. your eye 
draw you in, hook them in, and you got them. But yeah, man, um, I myself personally, I like beer. I don't really drink wine at all. Uh, I like hard alcohol here and there. Um, what makes uh, a hard alcohol? Like you can buy some bottles for ridic- like thousands of dollars. What What is the difference between that and just some regular dinky hard alcohol? What makes it so expensive? Okay, so we'll start from the beginning there. So let's look at something like Johnny Walker, right? That company, I don't even think that they produce their own alcohol. So they will buy barrels from a bunch of distilleries and they blend it into that product. So that's like the base level. And, you know, back in the past, blended whiskey had a very terrible reputation. But since Johnny Walker has gained notoriety because it's quality standard, it's very consistent. So now blended scotch isn't a bad thing. It's like a very consistent product because by blending, you can achieve perfect consistency. But it's maybe not as refined as these higher end products. So if we look at that as our baseline, a blended product. Um, from multiple distilleries. Then we go to a distillery that produces all their own stuff. We'll maybe blend a few different um, barrels to produce a product that's fairly consistent within their own production, right? And then you go up to even more expensive stuff, which will be like a single barrel production, right? So then when you have a single barrel production, um, well, there's only one barrel it came from, so there's only so many bottles. And then it's the scarcity of, oh, maybe there's only a thousand bottles from this barrel. So that's what makes it more expensive, combined with the fact that maybe that brand is very desirable for whatever reason. So it's, oh, I know if they produce this, um, you know, whatever, Lefroig 40-year. Well, it's Lefroig, which is a very popular brand. It's 40 years old. There's only a thousand bottles of this one that they released. So that's what it is that makes it um, expensive. So it's got to have be made properly, been aged for a long time, like fermenting with the wood. And yeah, stuff. when you're getting to those really ridiculously, ludicrously high prices, like um, my store sold a bottle of um, what's it, Macallan 72 year. It was like I think after tax, it was like around ninety thousand dollars or something. Holy Christ! So when you get up to that like seventy-two years in a barrel, that's when those prices start getting like fucking retarded. Because or or something that's been lost back in time that was found in like eighteen fifty. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with that actually is <laughs> um, uh, the those ones that people find. It's usually like a bottle, but and whiskey doesn't good. continue aging in a bottle. Uh, it's got to be in a barrel. And even with wine, if it's over like 50 years in the bottle, it's usually gone off. By it's then. just collection. There's like a that window yeah, that, it's just... that it's at its prime. So yeah, typically you don't find stuff that old. And, and if... especially when you get up to like a 72 year, that's going to make a very, very uh, wood heavy flavor. And that's not for everybody, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. If you could buy any beer or sorry, any hard hard liquor in the world, any any money, nothing. You have no limitations. You can just buy as much as you want. What are you going to fill your fridge with? With hard liquors? Yeah. Let's, okay, not just hard liquor. We'll do one of each, but this is like, you don't have any, anything. You don't have anything holding you back. You can just spend as much money as you want. Okay. 
Well, the beer's going to be the Including hardest. your fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Including the fridge. Oh, we'll get a nice fridge to start Yeah. Spend <laughs> up a few dollars on that. Yeah. Fucking 20 grand. 20 grand on a fridge. Yeah, have, have one of those ones that they have in Korea that tells me what I have in the fridge so that I Lovely. know. It's like a vending machine. It. You just yeah. like, beep. <laughs> Dude, Korea's crazy for technology. All those who that uh, makes you interested just go on youtube and look it up like i've heard crazy shit like yeah your fridge tells you what you have in it what you need to buy it can suggest recipes based on what you have in your fridge That's so crazy cool. crazy cool stuff That's cool. um but anyway what i would buy for the hard liquor um it's got to be over 100 bucks no weeks no weak stuff here <laughs> no weak stuff no, no playing around. No playing around here. Uh, well, there's actually this one. Well, so right now we're sip, sipping on this Michter's um, bourbon. But I've never shot of that. Yeah. What, what I've actually really wanted to try, though, is this Michter's number one American whiskey. So it's actually still the same mash bill as this bourbon, but bourbon has to be a new oak. And um, this Michter's number one American whiskey is pretty much a bourbon, but in used oak. So you don't get as much of that um, wood tannin, and it's a little more sweet, which I would I'm kind of interested in. So that's only around 120 or 140 Canadian a bottle, but I'd be interested in. We're know, gonna we're gonna be re- like my house reframe bourbon. the question a little bit here. Sorry, we're gonna do ranges. So we're gonna do around 100, around like 500 to 1,000, and then just ridiculous. Well, the ridiculous stuff's always Japanese. Okay. So I'd be interested in trying some stuff. I wouldn't even know where to start with that though. <laughs> to, well, you know what's something like around 500 to a thousand what do you think a hard liquor um that's a that's a tough question i have to look at the bottles honestly i can't recall off the top of my head because those i don't i don't even like my brain knows i'm never gonna buy it so i don't really save that memory as a name i remember fair enough so we'll move on to how wine. to <laughs> move on to the wine and beer quick I'll, yeah I'll, yeah I'll, we'll, we'll move on to the wine and beer quick for the wine i'm actually just going to quickly go with um this it, it's actually a port that i had the other day it was really nice it's um penfolds it's an australian brand it was just really nice it's like an 80 dollar bottle it's like 20 years old it's really nice really good stuff okay and then for the beer beer's all pretty cheap but like my standard go-to beer that i would drink every day i can't even pick one but just pilsners and lagers just give me an expensive ass beer <laughs> an expensive ass beer yeah crank it up Fuck, there's ones you can get that are like 50 a bottle that i don't know the name of we don't carry any of that but an expensive one i had recently that was nice you know what actually category 12 comes out again come, they come out with a lot of uh, barrel conditioned or barrel aged beers that are around ten dollars a bottle that are really nice so any of those I just got a new one the other day, Epiphany. So how do you, um, how do you stay healthy while you're drinking so much alcohol? Because that's a big factor. Well, I work outside five days a week, so that helps. Okay. But also, I don't eat a lot of um, sugar and processed food and stuff. Yep. And most of your your carbs are through the alcohol that you eat, right? Because you eat a lot of meat and, and vegetables. Yeah. So that's big. What what do you what sort of advice do you have for kids? Um, because you drink a lot, but you also drink very responsibly. What advice do you have for kids that are you know they're in high school and they're just getting to drinking? And my my advice is that your your liquor shouldn't be all about the sugar in it. 
or the lack of sugar in it. So sugar means hangover. First yeah, of so all. everyone is going in a oh, vodka sodas. I, I, you know, really don't enjoy the vodka soda thing. It just hurts my soul that everyone's drinking vodka sodas. And then also just like, that it whole, hurts my soul. That whole pink Whitney thing. The vodka sodas. I don't know if you've heard of pink Whitney, but it's this thing Barstool Sports came out with. And it, what it is, if you've ever had Minute Maid pink lemonade, it's pretty much that plus vodka. And so it's pretty much you wake up and your head's going to explode. Well, yeah, and uh, there's no reason to mix a whole bunch of sugar with your hard liquor. There's no reason to even go down the vodka route. Like, yeah, my whole thing with hard liquor is, like, I'm kind of old school. I think you got to, like, earn your stripes type thing. Like, yeah. You know, maybe you don't like the flavor at first, but then it grows on you and maybe, you know, you just kind of, you got to pay your dues type scenario, if, if you know what I mean by that. Well, these kids also, they just like cheap, right? They're like... I don't like the taste of alcohol. I want it to be cheap. I want it to be taste well, like Coke. I don't Coke. have to go crazy expensive. Like, you know, you can get, uh, like, Buffalo Trace bourbon is, like, what, 26 a bottle, and it's fucking decent stuff. You sip it by itself. Yeah. Casually. Yeah, I, I'd drink that just you don't need to. You don't need to down the entire bottle. You just, you know, casually sip it. Yeah. It, it feels a lot better having control when you're drunk, in my opinion. I, it's nice back in the day you get wild you get drunk you do crazy stuff but at the end of the day if you can control drinking it's fantastic well you should i don't think anyone should ever drink to the point where they're out of control i've never liked being out of control of my mental state i've and i, I i'm i'm very much i honestly with... can't be really i actually get physically sick before i get out of control of my mental state so well that's because your body's smart and it's saying get that stuff out of me that's <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, maybe I have a control complex, who knows? But... Well, that's what puking is, right? Your body's like, I can't take all this poison. You're going down a hard, like, if we keep this in our body, we're going to be doing some weird shit. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Next thing you know, you see the guy naked walking by McDonald's, <laughs> yelling, can I get some fries? <laughs> yeah, wakes up in the morning and then drunk tank. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, damn it. I should have just not drank it so much. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty simple. But yeah, especially for you young guys, you can get in a lot of trouble and it can ruin your future. Yeah. So just be just be careful. And that, that's another reason I like spending a little bit more on a bottle of liquor. Because you don't have to go super cheap and you can buy a nice bottle that you enjoy the taste of and you don't have to be like irresponsibly stupid. And you also don't have to drink it two six in one night. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can spread it out a little bit. Well, Lyndon, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast. This is the second part. We're releasing two podcasts back-to-back, both with Lyndon, one about mainly keto diet, and today we're talking about alcohol. So if you like it, tell me you like it. Give me five stars. I really appreciate that. Check out the website. I'll post it for these, uh, what was this, Rage Proper. Rage Proper. So thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. What's your Instagram? Huber Linden. Huber Linden. Insta underscore gram underscore. We actually got a little insider scoop for you here. Oh, we got a little one bonus. Of my, one of my newer posts, a black and white shot of a forest. I don't have it really tagged, but to me, it's like a somber shot of a graveyard of a forest with stumps of ancient trees surrounded by new so you can just look at his instagram photo and sip on a nice bourbon there we go have a good one guys thanks for coming